Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 108. As Eddie prepares to release his squad for the opening match against Ireland, we make our pod squad predictions. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, big week. Um, this weekend sees the start of the, uh, the Six Nations, the 2019 Six Nations lead up to the World Cup. Um, and of course, to discuss all of it, uh, I'm joined by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. I'm, uh, I'm very rugby up this morning. I'm sitting here with a cup of tea in my Six Nations rugby ball shaped mug with uh, all or nothing about the All Blacks paused in the background. Paused, good. Yeah, pause. I thought I probably should watch it whilst uh, whilst we're doing the pod. Excellent. Well, it's a yeah, massive week. Um, I think a, a quite a defining week because actually um, this is a game that, on the one hand, it's probably the one game that England can lose without anyone throwing the toys out of the pram. But at the same time, uh, it's a game that, that if they do win, um, you know, really sets the tone for the rest of the Six Nations, but also the World Cup. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 I agree with that to a large extent. I also, I don't think we will lose, but I think we need to put in perspective. If we do lose, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yep. Is, is, there, is, there, a, is there an echo in here? Uh, hello, well, hello. No, you, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I just articulated it a lot better. I also, yeah, this, this is the one match we can afford to lose. If we realistically want to say we've got a good chance of winning the World Cup, if we lost here and we lost Wales and even or somewhere else, I think we're struggling to claim to be a favourite for a World Cup. Oh, 100%, 100%. But I think, you know, look, stats don't lie. Um, England have won only one out of their last seven Six Nations matches in Dublin. Wow. They, they last scored a try there in 2011. Seriously? Yeah, so... You know, the odds are against them. Um, you know, it, it is a fortress. Uh, Ireland, we know, defensively are uh, a bit special. Um, they, why, they... why, just so, so to interrupt, why are you giving the stats for Dublin when the match is at Twickenham? <laughs> very good, very good. Well, I mean, if it wasn't <laughs> like at Twickenham, Dan. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. We promise this one will uh, we'll, we'll fizzle out once this game is out of the way. Um, this, you, you guys brought this on yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known if you've listened to the pod what a dickhead I am by now. Don't <laughs> encourage me. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, they've got a, they've got a very uh, uphill battle ahead of them. But, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to showcase, you know, results aside almost. Um, and obviously, we already know England win because I've already told you that. Um, but results aside, it's, it's a great opportunity for England to really put down a, a benchmark um, for any doubters. I mean, I know that the autumn did a pretty good job of that. But, you know, for anyone out there that's sort of written them off. And, and uh, as a Northern Hemisphere, we have, ha- we have a habit of writing off anyone that isn't the top team. Um, ironically, uh, Wales are also ahead of us in the world rankings, though I, we've talked about it before. I don't feel like they're as much of a threat. Um, and interestingly, the top four nations <laughs> wow. in the world right now, bar New Zealand, are England, Wales and Ireland. So we make up two, three and four in the world rankings. Which yes. I don't, don't remember the last time that was the case, if ever. Uh, I, yeah, I have no idea. 
So yeah, it's it's obviously the key thing today is going to be us telling Eddie uh, what the team should be, and then seeing if he um, follows our our lead tomorrow when the team gets announced. We obviously won't bring you an episode tomorrow um, when the team's announced because that will form the basis of our uh, kind of intro to the to the live the live ish pod episode. Um, that you all keep saying you enjoy, um, bar that one review we got. Um, so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, just speaking of reviews, we haven't had any new uh, iTunes reviews, but we have had an email from a uh, friend of the pod, Joe Reed. I've heard from him a few times, but he's taking, hey, taking the time to contact us so we can take the time to share his thoughts with our listeners. He says, evening, lads. Yet another great pod. I've been meaning to say... The first episode back, uh, since the first episode back, that it's great to hear from you again. Always brightens my day to see that you've got another pod out. Keep up the excellent work. Uh, one a week rate sounds awesome. Amazing quiz to proper quality. Can I just point out that that amazing quiz he's referring to was the quiz from last week that you all no, said was rubbish. <laughs> that's when the email no, came in. Uh, that's what we're taking from it. But he'll be glad. He'll be pleased to hear there is another quiz coming up. But uh, we are reverting back to. Um, the quiz master, Mr. Wood. So we'll see what he's yes. got in store for us a little bit later on. Anyway, Joe, yeah, Joe didn't stop actually, there, Dan. Joe didn't stop there. He, he has plenty more to say. Uh, he goes on to say on the Slade poll that we ran, he said, I can't speak for anyone else, but I'll admit that when rating Slade as the permanent 13 for England, a fit JJ was certainly not on my radar, which was an interesting point because obviously I think a lot of people were simply saying yes without really thinking about what the alternatives are. Um, which means that, which I think will lead nicely into the, the the idea that we mentioned last week that we're going to launch this week to do the um, the pod squad, and we'll talk more about that later on. He says on Hartley's return, uh, Eddie Jones has indeed said that he will definitely be included again once fit, um, which I think we can all agree is for the best. Uh, on the captaincy, he says, I know I've said this before, but I like Owen Farrell as captain, and I also really like the co-captaincy. He says James Haskell said some very interesting things about this uh, last week. Uh, along with Mike Tyndall, he said your idea of a balance between Launchbury and Farrell ties in interestingly with that. Um, I haven't been able to find it, but I'd like to. Hello. Hello. Sorry. What? What on earth happened there? I don't know. I've got some uh, some funny funny noises. Anyway, mo- continuing. Uh, uh, he says, I think Owen Farrell still has time to grow into the role, especially with Hartley around to steady him. And I firmly believe that he's our best option moving forward. Certainly to back down and take a role, the role away from him now could have, could have a horrible impact on the team, which I agree with. And I really don't think it's worth the risk. Captain or not, I will always consider him one of our greatest leaders and our most important player. Um, but that's beside the point. And to take the co-captaincy from him has the potential to be taken as a major show of mistrust, which could upset the, ba- uh, set up, upset the balance. Uh, personally, I think uh, we should even be. He should even be considered. Sorry, personally, I think that our best option is to stick with the co-captaincy. The only reason to change this would be if Hartley is dropped, which I hope will not be the case. Uh, and then I don't think that anyone should even be considered outside of Farrell for reasons I've already covered. He says, also, I'm the only one still holding. Out. Am I the only one still holding out for Alex Good? I mean, if Farrell, good. Sorry, I mean, if Farrell, God forbid, uh, isn't fit. Good, good provides fly half cover and is a great option at 15 where Daly hasn't yet made his mark. Uh, and for me, this is him, um, Brown's inclusion in the squad seems inconsistent, which is something we'll talk about uh, momentarily um, when we go into discussing the Ireland game. Uh, but he finishes up by saying, at any rate, looking forward to the next episode. Uh, as hard as waiting a full week is. 
Cheers, Joe. Uh, Joe, thank you very much. I think a lot of good points there. Um, rather than necessarily deal with those points, because I think a lot of them will probably deal in when we discuss the yeah, yeah, ourselves. Yeah, we don't need to go back through it all. I think you're right. Some of it we, we've discussed at length in the past. We probably don't need to go over it again. I don't really want to go into the captaincy again, but, but I totally take his points. Um, and I think... Uh, that's you know it, it because of what's already happened. I agree with him. You can't change anything now. It's World Cup year. Move, move on. It's uh, you know, but but anyway, that's a that's a that's a story for another day. It is. It is. And um, just quickly, whilst we're doing reviews, so and there's a couple. There's actually one person specifically I would like to mention because we do get a few emails like via Facebook and things, and particularly people like uh, Wes Tom's Wes. Thank you very much your email uh, we don't read them out because they tend to be more sort of specific emails conversationalist emails that aren't necessarily podwise but just to say guys thanks very much for engaging Wes I promised you because I'll be going down to Gloucester soon I promise I'll buy you a beer next time we're down I will 100% keep that promise and just to everyone thanks very much for uh, the engagement from people we try and read out as much as possible if we don't read it out it's not because we haven't listened and not because we don't appreciate it was just uh Sort of fitting into the wider, the wider narrative as a whole. Very well said, sir. Thank you, thank you. So, well, I think you know the next, the next thing, and actually, we'll we'll go. So, we've had a, we also had an email from a guy called Aaron Hayashi. Um, he's actually travelling across Southeast Asia at the moment. He doesn't get Wi-Fi very often, but when he does, he says that his uh, one of his first ports of call is iTunes to download our latest episodes. So we will what continue to make sure there's plenty there for you to download. But he's he's provided us with his Ireland team, or his his England team to face Ireland, his England 23. And of course, that's going to be a big part of what we're doing today. So I won't go through his team right now, but we'll come back to him at the end and see uh, see if there's any major discrepancies bef- between what we go for and what he decided to go for. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think the main thing, there's a few other things we're going to do later on, but the main thing right now is going to be Let's look at this game because um, it's a big one. It's it's huge, and so one of the things. So just to get right into t- chatting team talk. Do we believe Owen Farrell is fit to play? He has had recently thumb surgery, <laughs> and apparently he was going to have ten days recovery time. From yeah. what I've heard from other pundits, that is not a huge amount of recovery time. Yeah, but Owen Farrell can play with uh, no legs, so. Of course, but it's his thumb. Well, yeah, thumbs also. He, he can play with no arms. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I mean, if, if, you listen, if you listen to everyone else, he always does play with no arms. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly if you listen to some of the hemisphere commentary. Um, or Welsh. Of course. Goes without saying. Goes without saying. <laughs> um, is he fit to play? I mean, they're not saying he's not at the moment, so we have to assume that he is. Uh, we've We've... Eddie Jones, we know, we've talked about it before, he's a bit of a game player. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he's released things to the media to make it sound like Owen Farrell is in all sorts of trouble and may not be fit for the game. And Owen Farrell's sitting there going, I'm absolutely fine, what are you talking about? Um, he's like, shh, it's okay, don't worry, I've got a plan. Uh, and and then on the day of the game, it's like, yeah, he's absolutely fine. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't actually thumb surgery, it was just a manicure or something. Exactly, yeah. Thumb surgery slash you got getting his nails done. Um so we shall we shall wait with bated breath. I mean, if he's not fit, I guess George Ford at ten. I mean, this is where you kind well, of want Cipriani options, isn't it? Because you want someone who can do something a bit different. But um do you call someone up? 
no, I don't think. Well, interesting because obviously Ben Tio in the last 24, 48 hours, whatever it is, has been ruled out as well. So that, to me, opens up the options to Ford Farrell starting 10 12 combination. Now, if Farrell's also injured, that that could become that could become interesting because what do you do? Do you then have? Well, no, because uh, I think don't forget you got Manu. So I liked. I do, but but it's Manu. So Manu, I think starts regardless for me. But does he start at twelve? Does I, he start at thirteen? Yeah. I Is feel like I feel like the big the big ball carrier split splitting the line is better. I prefer yeah. having that option so that so that Farrell at ten can go. Do I make a break? Do I kick? Do I give it to the big guy to make a, to make you know to, to 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 crush the ball up? Do I spin it wide and give it to the pace outside? You know, you've got options. I think when you do the sort of the two tens in a row, and then have your big ball carry outside, I feel like it gives you less options, and it's a bit more. You know, you might have great hands in the middle, but it's it's almost a bit more predictable what you're going to do with with Manu between two um, playmakers. I feel like there's a bit more that there are more options, and you can and you can keep the opposition guessing. And given that Ireland are so good at um, defensively at controlling the game and slowing it down, I feel like you have to put them in a position where they don't know what's going to happen. So they so they perhaps leave leave gaps, and that's when you want someone like a Farrell who can make those snap decisions when when opportunities present themselves. And don't get me wrong, George Ford is very good at that sort of thing too. Um, so if if Farrell is injured, I think Ford steps in at ten. Um, I think you keep, given that Tio's not an option, you keep Manu at twelve, and obviously Slade Slade at thirteen. Beautiful, um, beautiful Slade. Or JJ, because I don't know exactly he's in the squad. I'm not sure exactly what his fitness levels are like. Well, he's been playing for Bath, so you've got to think he's probably match ready. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good point. Should we? So, so let's do it. Let's go through now. Let's pick our. Let's just pick our starting fifteen. Well, before we start, are there, is there anyone else out? There are a couple of other injuries, aren't there? Uh, Cockner Seager's out as well. I mean, and Brad Shield. Right. So Cockner Seager, that's a shame. But I. But in some ways, it's it just makes it makes decision making easier. <laughs> uh, with without with, you know having one less winger to choose from and Brad Shields. So that's that's an interesting one because, I, for me, that sort of slots in with what I'd like to see. Um, I feel like that might make Eddie Jones's life more difficult. I feel like he possibly was Shields was a good, bit of a go-to for him. So, but let's start at the front. I, I think we, I think we all agree on the front three, don't we? I think so. With Mako, Jamie George, and Carl Sinclair has to be. Yeah. So I think we go down. I think front five we probably all agree with Toje Launchery has to be. So this is yeah. so this is our first decision making. Obviously, Billy at the, at the back. Yeah, and then we're looking. So you got your options, I guess. Well, Tom Curry at seven. I've is, I've got Tom Curry starting at seven. Is is probably the where you've got to go. But you've now got options at six. Shields is out of the equation. Um, I've gone Wilson. I think it has to be just the way he performed in the autumn. Um, I agree. I mean, what are the alternatives? Because there are a few injuries. Actually, actually, there probably aren't really that many alternatives. It, it probably moment, writes itself. Because you've got injuries, yeah. haven't you? So there's 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 no Sam Simmons, there's no um... Rob, there's no Rob Shaw, there's no Shields, uh, but the likes of Haskell haven't made the squad. We're missing one big name, and it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, 
Well, Nathan Hughes is in the squad, no. isn't he? No. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? Who's the other Zach Mercer? Mercer. <laughs> no. <laughs> the other one. You, you scored a, you know, scored, scored against New Zealand, but doesn't count it. Sam Underhill. Sam Underhill. But, but Sam Underhill, I consider an out-and-out out seven. Uh, you, yeah, actually, you're probably right. And, so, and so, actually, would you probably pick him over Curry if he was fit? I, I think I would pick him over Curry if he was fit. But I, for, for me, seven. Yeah, seven no, no, you're right. You're right. I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. You're right. So, but but nevertheless, I think it writes itself. Uh, actually, the back the back row, given that she, I think yeah. Shields was was the was the only the only one I th- I think was threatening the six shirt. Um, yeah. So if he's out, then then that's pretty much set in stone. Although we've still got to have a bench, so we'll come on to that in a minute. But uh, we need to decide what we're going to do there. Um, so then moving into the backs. Uh, well, well, let's, well let's, yeah. Sorry, sorry. We'll move into the backs. Ben Youngs is going to start. Uh, agreed. Now your your midfield partnerships. Well, we're assuming we we're, we're going to assume Farrell's fit. Yes, we are. And on that basis, Farrell ten. I think yep. I think he's 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 proven that that's the right the best the best place for him uh, over in the autumn, which probably is a com- in complete conflict with what we were saying a year ago. But uh, it is what it is. So Farrell ten. I would then go Manu 12 and yeah, I guess too. Slade at 13. Same. Um, because I think with what's available. Yeah, I, I, and that's and, and and that's because I haven't seen JJ. I haven't seen him play for play for Bath recently and I haven't obviously seen him in England shirt for a long time. But I can picture him there as well if, if he's back in, you know, the kind of form he was in previously. Um but I think that's that's how I'd quite like to see the midfield line up because I think that then gives you, as I mentioned before, it gives you those options. Um, the wing out the outsides, obviously Johnny May is is one of your wingers, and now you've got to decide between Jack Knoll, workhorse, Chris Ashton, and I would say Daly, because I think given this is Ireland and you mentioned it last week at fullback, you've got to be thinking. You know, options under the high ball, haven't you? Yeah, uh, so that's a good point. Um, so I would, I, I might start with Brown at fullback. Well, this is what I'm wondering: is is Mike? You know, as Mike, you don't want Mike Brown on the wing. He's not a winger. Um, you don't. I don't want. I don't want Eddie Jones to go. Joe Cockenhaseger is my first choice. He's not fit. I'm going to put Mike Brown on the wing as extra cover for the aerial ball. I think if you're going to put Mike Brown in. Specifically for that reason, put him at fullback. Put Daly on the wing if you if you need him on the pitch. You, he, he, if anything, I would say he's had his best games for England on the wing. Yeah. Have Jack Noel on the bench as a as a sort of workhorse cover. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, the bat. The which bat does, it does mean that you're, le- you're leaving out um, Ashton. Well. So, so, sorry, who was your other... So, yeah, as a bag, I've got Youngs, Farrell, uh, Tulagi Slade in the centres. Wings, I've got Daly and Johnny May. Mike Brown at full-back. The backs, I've seen, you've got to have Dan Robson yep. at scrummy. Jack Knoll. Yeah, Who's have... your other? And then, then do you have JJ? No, because you've got to have um, Ford. Or do you have Ashton? You've got to have Ford. Oh, you've got to have Ford. Ford, yes, of course. So, you've, yeah. got, you've got room for, for Noel, for Noel, JJ or Ashton. 
And I think Noel offers the most flexibility. Yeah, agreed. So I think that's what your your your, your back's bench looks like. Uh, and then obviously forwards bench. I mean, front row is pretty standard. Obviously, in the in the absence of El Capitano, um, you're going to go with um, Cowan Dickey. Uh, so that's those two. Um, and then the props will be um, Moon and Williams. Uh, yep. Second row. Or have you got Genge? Oh yeah, maybe. We probably Moon should. We, we probably we probably should say that, especially after last week. And how about Dan Cole? Oh shit! I completely forgot about Dan Cole. Oh, I mean, for I me, still, no. But but his involvement would suggest that there's there's. A reason, you know, he hasn't been involved for for quite a long time. So the fact that he's been brought back in again would suggest that there's that he's been looked at seriously. So yeah, that's a bit of a curveball I wasn't thinking about. Well, well, let's not. We don't need to commit to that yet because don't I'm, forget, I'm not convinced that Dan Cole's a finisher. Although the front row is a bit different. No, I'm not. Um, let's. We we don't have to, to define okay. that one yet. Mo- because mo- move on the then. Start of our next show will be about what the actual team is. Yeah. Second row cover Courtney Laws. Yep. Uh, and then the back. Uh, so that leaves us with what one one space. Yeah, which is probably Nathan Hughes. It's going to be Nathan before. Hughes, isn't it? Um, yeah. Especially given that that you've got Laws can cover back row, Toje can cover back row on the flanks. So you'd want your replacement to be able to play number eight. Even though you have got that already, uh, so oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he will I, purely because it's what he tends to do. It wouldn't necessarily be my first choice, but with the injury list as it is, I think yeah, it's probably right. I think we've done. I think we've done a pretty good job. I, I I'd be surprised if there was any major differences to that. Oh, I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting. I think we've picked a pretty solid team there, and I don't think we'll be far off what the actual team looks like. No. I mean, should we have a quick look and see how it compares to Aaron Hayashi's team before we move on? Uh, yeah, let's have a look. See where there's any differences. So he's gone uh, Vernapola George Sinclair. Yeah. Itoji Launchbury. Yeah, same. Curry Vernapola Shields. He didn't know about the injury. Well, he didn't know about the So that's basically the same, should we say? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's then gone um, Young's Farrell. The wings, yeah. he's gone May and Cochinasiga. Didn't know about the injury. Yeah. He's gone Tio and Slade in the middle. Didn't know about the injury, but he's gone big man at 12, Slade at 13. So I would say, again, Tio, Manu, like for like, because he has got Manu on the bench. That's uh, that's close enough. He's gone daily at fullback. So the, the major difference that is he's committing to daily at fullback. Um, and then he's saying he has got Brown on the bench, though. So he's gone Cowan well, Dickey, Williams. Brown has to be in the 23, I think. He's gone Cowan Dickey, Williams, Moon, Laws, Wilson, Robson, Tuanagi, Ashton, Noel, Brown. Hang on, that doesn't that doesn't work. Oh, he's saying Ashton or Noel or Brown all can cover the back three. Sorry, that makes more sense. Right, yeah. Um I I think it's I think it's similar, and he didn't necessarily know about T.O. Cockney Singer Shields injury. Well, he should have known. Southeast Asia or not, you know. Well, they, I don't think they've been announced then. In well, then that's the risk you take if you make your bet too early. Yes, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but let's see. It'll be interesting to um, 
It'll be interesting to see. Like we say, we start the next show, we will know what the actual we, 23 is. It'll be completely different. Um, so let's talk about uh, about the fullback and our, and the, the Mike Brown thing. And, and and as a wider conversation, how do England beat Ireland in Dublin? Regardless uh, of where you think they're playing this weekend, let's assume they're in Dublin. Let, let, let's assume it gets changed at the last minute to Dublin. Um <laughs> So what do we? How do I think we beat them? I, I think we have to be. Um, well, oh God, I, I can't even speak English today. I, have to be, I think we have to be extremely precise. We can't afford to give away penalties. We can't afford to make mistakes. I think we have to take every point that's on offer. Um, so the first word is discipline. Yeah, huge discipline. Uh, and what we need to. I mean, Ireland will be ruthless. And Ireland will not give away anything. So we need to be incredibly well disciplined. I think the high ball is a huge thing. We need to be very comfortable under the high ball. And we need to, we need to nullify that threat as much as possible. Will, huge will Ireland be ruthless? I mean, I know they won't, uh, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be incredibly disciplined. I would say they're quite a patient side. It's a theme that I've read in a few articles. You know, they, they take their time. They, they, you know, they stop you from, Scoring, and then obviously they take their opportunities. That's how they win games. But you know, are, are, is it more going to be a case of matching them and being patient and 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 not kind of letting them, if you like, get in our heads and force us to make errors? Because I think they do a lot of that. They so frustrate. They frustrate sides. I mean, you know, it's been said that they're going to bore the shit out of us. Um, but that's actually what I was referring to. When I meant ruthless, actually ruthless was the wrong word because ruthless implies that, like an all-black type ruthless. I mean, relentless. Ruthless. Yeah, relentless. They will not ease up. They will not make those mistakes. So we can't take our eye off the ball for one second. The second we take our eye off the ball, they say they will bore and they will be patient and they will wait for us so I to think, make yeah, those mistakes. I think the key is going to be a fast start. I think if their game plan uh, is going to be to be patient, to be relentless, to, to, you know, if we can, if we can, you know, upset things early on, if we can get ahead, um, it puts, it, it, it puts pressure on them. You know, you can't, you can't simply defend a losing position. You know, once you're in a losing position, you have to attack and that, and that in itself creates errors and opportunities. Um, I think the big thing here is going to be not to let them build uh, you know, a, a slow lead when, by, you know, and, and this goes back to what you said about discipline. You know, if we let them kick points, you know, every every sort of ten minutes throughout the first half, and, and it, you know, give them a twelve point lead or something, that's a position that we we've seen them do it. That we know that they can defend that, they'll and, and continue to build on it, obviously. But they can, they if 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 it's the other way around, and not necessarily from penalties, but you know, think drop goals, kicking for territory, set piece. You know, and pressure, and if we can, if we can get a lead, it changes. It changes their. Uh, it forces them to change their game plan, and we know they can do it. Um, but but maybe it just makes them a little bit more uncomfortable. I feel like that yeah. is possibly a, a a key factor to to, to the game on Saturday. I may. I agree. I mean, let's make no mistake. This is a really really tough game. I actually think this is a tougher game than playing the All Blacks. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're only as good as your last game, and you're only as, 
you know, it's only as it only matters yeah, with so regards to the, the game, the game in front of you, aren't you? So it's so I I agree with you. Right now, it's the most important game England have got before the World Cup. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't. Is it tougher than playing the All Blacks? It's maybe maybe there's more pressure because you're, you're less of an underdog, even though that may not even be accurate in in, in real terms. You kind of go against the All Blacks going, this is the greatest team on the planet. You know, we kind of expected to lose. We'll go out and give it our all. You know, and you put together a performance. Brilliant. Um, I feel like against Ireland, even though they're ranked where they are and, you know, you almost are expected to to still win because we're England. You know, we, we should be able to do the Grand Slam and we should be able to beat all the home nations. So I think that adds pressure and makes it a tougher game. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, it's, it's it's a hell of a game either way. It'll, I can't wait for Saturday. I think I, if people say whatever people say about oh Ireland are going to bore, it could be a boring match. It will never be a boring match. I don't care if it's nil nil. It won't be a boring match. Watching oh. England Ireland in the Six Nations no, is going to be. It, it'll be it'll be a corker. Um, because of that kicking game, this is why we've gone with Brown at fullback, right? So yes, of course. What you know, it's all well because it's it's all well and good saying oh well we'll change it up for Ireland. This is the other the other thinking that, you know on this whole idea of bringing Mike Brown in at fullback. If if you're having to take your fullback out because he's not very good at the high ball, and against Ireland you're saying they're too much of a kicking threat. Should you be committing so, to someone as your like? Do you know what I mean? Like how can you say Elliot Daly he's it's my a man? Question. Except when we're playing a team who are good at kicking. I don't. Yeah, I feel like there's something not right question. in that. It's a massive question, which will be interesting to see whether he keeps faith with Daly or not. I mean, maybe having Mike Brown on the bench gives him the option to to bring him on if if things are not going well. Well, th- that's that's why Brown might be on the bench. I just feel he might start with Brown just to, to try and nullify that threat from the outset, not even give them time to build on anything. But I wonder if that's real negative psychological mind games with his own players, because that just sends the message to Elliot Daly to say, hey, you're my guy, except when I need someone who can perform one of the key roles of a fullback. <laughs> if, if he does it, he may not do it. I guess we'll have to wait That's what I mean. See. So it'll be interesting to see which way he does go. Okay, slight change of tact. Um, Rory Best... Uh, he is obviously, you know, incre- an incredibly successful captain with Ireland. Um, I was looking at some of his his sort of his highlights reel. Um, uh, something I read, uh, he's this, and this kind of leads into the captaincy thing of what we've talked about recently about being vocal and being quiet, and, and obviously, um, Launchbury. You know, you 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 would love to see him as an England captain, but I've said I think he's too quiet. Well, what I've read said that Roy Best is quiet most of the time. But he gets the, he gets others to speak up, um, and so he kind of creates leadership within the team by whatever it is he does. He encouraging other players to to speak up more, um, to give you a more more of a group kind of leadership, a bigger leadership group, I guess. Um, which obviously is very different to Owen Farrell. But could we see something like that from a Joe Launchbury? Um, interestingly. Looking at his highlights reel, a Grand Slam, a Triple Crown, a first South Africa Test win um, in South Africa, uh, two wins against the All Blacks, 
in a three-year period. That to me sounds a lot like Hartley in his first 18 months under Eddie Jones. Our island, yeah. our island kind of at that, you know, they've, they've, they're, they're riding this wave like England did. Are they on the, on the brink of, you know, having a bit of a collapse at the wrong time? You know, everyone's, everyone was talking England up as being, you know, the favourites for the World Cup and amazing because they hadn't lost a game in 18 and they were riding high. And then suddenly, seemingly from out of nowhere, it all just fell apart. And Eddie, Eddie Jones had always said, this happens. Your teams re- ride up and then they drop and then they climb back up again. Um, is there a danger that Ireland have peaked too soon? Uh, no. Interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I can't see it. I think Ireland are too strong, too, too well-disciplined, too strong in depth. I, I, I can't see that. But would we not have said the same thing of England 18 months ago? Uh, no. Really? I mean, I uh, think yes, probably did no, we probably thing. would have. We, we probably would have. I, I, I understand. I think a bit more with the England side. What happened with the England compared to the Ireland scenario? If I, I just think Ireland are just that bit more well established than that England team were. I think Ireland are just that bit. Um, a bit long in the tooth. They've got enough players who have got that experience to ensure that perhaps that doesn't happen more so than I believe England did. I don't think, I don't think Ireland are right now. I can't see Ireland faltering. Yeah, I mean, and just for the, for the record, for the record, to the yeah, yeah, sorry. For the record, I'm not. I didn't ask the question because I believe that they are about to to collapse. I, I actually agree with you. I think. Um, there's something about them that they just seem very secure in the way that they're playing and and you know knowing what it is they've got to do and um, you know they they are definitely presenting themselves as one of the one of the teams to beat um, you know they obviously if you, know, if you look back over the years New Zealand for a long time clearly the, the best team in the world but couldn't get get out of you know couldn't get past the semi final in the World Cup so it uh, Ireland are going to have that same pressure on them having never I think they've never made it out of never, never made it past a quarter yeah because they've yeah they've, never been they, they've certainly never been in a semi so never yeah been in I a semi-final. so you know they there's there's added pressure there and and we know as I say from from experience well from history that you know the best team in the world in New Zealand that became a problem became a thorn yep. in the side they obviously righted it eventually but um It'll be interesting to see how Ireland cope with that. And obviously, depending on how the groups and everything pan out, there's obviously the danger that we meet them uh, that we meet them early on. But, um, oh God, if, if, thing, if everything went to plan, what a final Ireland-England would be. <laughs> uh, if everything went to that, that'd be an amazing final. I actually think it's our benefit to meet them in the first round. Do you think? I think so. Get it over and done with. I- no, not not even get it over and done with. I, I I think Ireland build into the tournament. I think Ireland can be caught cold, perhaps a bit. Does that on. not? Does that is that? Not, I mean, yeah. That, but but based on what's happened to them in the past, is that not the opposite of what's happened? They've they've no, kind of they've no, done no, no, well no. and then they've dropped out at the quarterfinal stage. No, 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 no. That, that's you're talking the World Cup. I'm yeah. talking the Six Nations more here. Oh no, the World okay. Cup's different. Oh, World sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, you changed you changed competitions midway through our conversation about the World Cup. All oh, right. Well, well, we we know 
we don't get a choice about the World Cup. We, we, we know the groups. We're not going to meet them. But I, I just meant that. No, don't. Violet what, what I'm saying is, depending on how on how the on how the um, the groups end up, we potentially meet Ireland quite early on, or we would meet them in the final if they went all the way. Right, and there I so, don't think that makes much difference. So what I'm saying is, what an epic final, World Cup final, England against Ireland absolutely, would be. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with that. That's where the confusion lies, everybody. Dan got there eventually. But I'm saying there's six nations. Yeah, yeah, that's, another, that's another conversation. Ah, Let... uh, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought, I thought we were doing a Six Nations pod. I didn't realise we were doing a World Cup pod. Uh, yeah, well, we are the England rugby pod, the yeah. rugby pod podcast that believes England will win the World Cup. So it's it goes oh, without right. saying. Anyway... Anywho, moving swiftly on, um, some of you might listen to other pods. They, apparently, there are other rugby podcasts out there. Um, I may have listened to one or two of them. Um, and one of them recently did a bit of a, a piece with it. I mean, are, we, are we not doing this a bit later on? Uh, we can do. Do you want to do it later? Have you got some, what, do, you want to, do you want to do your quiz now, then? Let, let's do the quiz now, because okay. that, that thing later on... Um... It, it kind of, actually, what you were about to do kind of leads on nicely from the last bit. But I, I'm more of those, I like to jump from bits to bit and just confuse everyone. Excellent. Um, so, so let's go to a quiz. And bearing in mind, it's a Six Nations quiz. Yeah, and, and this week, questions? Dan's actually going to th- sing his new quiz theme tune. Take it away, Dan. Uh, Six Nations quiz, welcome. Uh, that, that's, that's the theme tune. But, Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> no, let's uh, let's go on. Let's get on with the questions. Uh, okay, so bear in mind the Six Nations quiz. How many questions do you think there are? Uh, four. <laughs> no, seven. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so that, gag, that gag didn't work out, did it? <laughs> well, I did a little. Uh, right, now question number one. And this is a five slash six nations quiz. All the questions are about five, six nations. And just to warn you, because I know before... I've mentioned it's going to be England-centric. This won't be England-centric. This is about the quiz as a whole. So there are questions that aren't English or English players related. However, the first question is English players related. And the answer to this question may not be what you think. But question one, who is England's highest point scorer in history over the five slash six nations? Ooh. And, we're not, and we're not doing multiple choice. We're not. Interesting. So options, you've got Wilco. I would say you've got Grayson. Uh, I would say you've got Rob Andrew. Mm. It's probably not, but I'm going to go Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny, okay. Question number two. Who has scored the most tries in Six Nations history? Five, six, slash Six Nations history. Although, I will give you a slight clue. Uh, this person played from 2000 to 2014, so it was Six Nations. But uh, who has scored the most tries in Six Nations history? Across all teams. We're not talking England here. Across all teams, absolutely. Across all teams. <clears throat> and he played from 2000 to 2014. Yes, Hmm. Uh, I mean, this is one of those, this is probably a little bit like last week's quiz, unless you know the answer. 
there's too many to guess from. It's not something you can you can. Well, I, I think I think this one's uh, fairly. You won't be surprised with the answer. Let's put it this way. I'll give you a clue. It's not an Englishman. I think a lot of people will know this one. Shane Williams. I don't know if you played in 2014. Probably not, but. Okay, you're going Shane Williams? Okay, question number three. Um, the most five slash six nations appearances is 65 cats. That is currently shared by two players. Um, name either one of those players. This is six nations, did you say, or five and six? It's five or six nations, yeah. The most cats across five, six nations. And two players currently are on 65 caps. Name either one of those. Uh, I mean... Any clues? Um, neither one are English. Neither one are English. Uh, and, okay... Sam Warburton. Okay. Wow, you're having a bad day at the office. Oh, mate, uh, it, it, uh, <laughs> when you've got a quiz like this, it could be anybody. Yeah, well, it could this be is, anybody. This is worse. This is worse no, than the 2003 no, 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 quiz. No, 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 no. This is nowhere near. Because you're, you're asking like legendary stories. I reckon a lot of listeners are currently on three out of three. No chance. What, uh, they're just going to know who's got 65 caps across five and six nations rugby. Well, I, well no, no, no. I, yeah, but I'm saying, who, no, but a lot of them will know who is the most capped five or six nations player ever. Mm. How many of these did you know before you looked at the answer? All of them. <laughs> Lies. Um, right. Question number four. Bear me a second. I'm about to sneeze or am I? No, I'm not. Question number four. In 2008... Wales made a record by conceding the fewest tries in a six on a five or six nations season. How many tries did they concede? Was it A two, B three, or C four? Two thousand and eight. There was a year they won a Grand Slam. Oh, I don't know, three. Right. Okay. Uh, since the tournament no question number five since the tournament has become the Six Nations which was in 2000 how many times have England won a Grand Slam since 2000 yeah since it turned into a Six Nations so since 2000 how many times have England won a Grand Slam in that period um I want to say twice, 2003, and then with Eddie. Did they win one in between? Um, are you saying two? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because um, so, the, first, the first one we lost to Scotland, didn't we? We talked about this last week. We lost to Scotland in the, in the final game. I think we won the Six Nations, but we lost our final game. 2001, I, mean, I think we then didn't Grand Slam until, until the World Cup year. And then I don't think we had a Grand Slam before Eddie Jones. Um, okay, I've got you down as two. Okay. And question number six. 
the 2018 Six Nations, name the positions the teams finished in the final table. Just when they finish, I don't need the points. But Ireland. Ireland. Come back to Scotland and Wales. Oh, then France as well. Then England fifth and Italy. I think France probably fourth. So Ireland... Wales, Scotland, France, England, Italy. Okay. And question seven was put in in case you've got 100% by now. It doesn't really matter. But this one, actually, I, I think most people out there will know the answer to this one. But Guys, most... get, get in touch and let us know if you genuinely knew the answers to this or whether you got lucky. Um, the most tries in any five or six nations match is five which took place in 1887. What was the name of the player? No idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pissing that. It was, uh, I'll tell you now, it was George Lindsay for Scotland, but that question was just to make sure you didn't get 100%, if I'm completely honest. Uh, I didn't expect anyone to know the answer to that. Or, in fact, any but, of the other questions, but uh, let's go uh, to the answers. Let's turn to the answers, then. Yeah, I think you're wrong. So, question number one. Who is England's highest point scorer in five Six Nations history? You said Johnny, and Johnny is the right answer. Johnny with 546 points. Who was England's time. Who were the next? Uh, number two is Owen Farrell. Um, below that, I'm not sure. I think it might have been Rob Andrew at third, but I can't remember. Um, question number two, who has scored the most tries in Six Nations history? which was between 2000 and 2014. With 26 tries, the answer is Brian O'Driscoll. Oh. I thought I thought that one you'd know, actually. I must admit, because that's... Doesn't, I mean, he's, doesn't, he's, doesn't... Even you telling me doesn't make me go, of course it was. Oh, OK. Well, never mind. Maybe we should look up more Five Six Nations stuff. Um, question number three. The five, most Five Six Nations appearances ever is 65 cats. Now, the reason I mentioned this also is because actually it's very relevant and it's very current. Uh, it's currently shared by two players, name either player. The players are Ronan O'Gara and Sergio Parise. And the reason it's very current is because this weekend, Sergio Parise will become the most capped ever Five Six Nations player when he wins his cap. Cool, I didn't get it. No, you didn't get it, but I was just uh, letting you know. Um, Question number six, which was a bit of a sort of multiple choice to do that. Uh, question number six, sorry, question number four. In 2008, Wales made a record by conceding the fewest amount of tries in a Six Nations season. How many tries did they concede? Uh, you said three. The answer was two. That I was surprised about. Only two tries in a whole Six Nations campaign. That's, that's a great return, in fairness. Is a result. Do we know how many points were scored against them? That was a grandstand uh, year for them, yeah? It was a grand time year for them. Off the top of my head, I don't know how many points. No, I'm um, Question number five. Since the tournament has become the Six Nations in 2000, how many times have England won a Grand Slam? You said two. You were spot on, and you were spot on with the times, 2003 and 2016 under Eddie. So, well done. Um, and the order. The order of the, of the last year's Six the Nations. Order, yes. Yeah, the order. So question six, 2018 Six Nations, name which team finished in which position? You said Ireland, Wales, Scotland, France, England, Italy. You were spot on. Boom. It was that order. So that's the, the only, yeah. I, I've got a feeling at the time, 
there was it, it, Wales and Scotland could have gone either way round, depending on certain other results. Uh, and, I, and I, I think, think it was points I mean, difference, wasn't it? Yeah, I think coming up to the last weekend, uh, a, a lot of people, the table could have changed massively. Uh, but no, you're right. Yeah, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, France, England, Italy. So let's hope it doesn't look anything like that this time round. So three out of seven. Uh, question seven, we're going to let off. Like I, I didn't expect you to get the answer. Three for, out of six, 50%. Three, three out of six. Uh, and that, my friend, is how you do a quiz. Although, I actually, I got one, two, three, four, five. I got six for the last question. So that's actually but, nine. But last... I actually got nine out of six. No, because the last question, you did get six for the last question, but the last question was out of ten. What? Yeah, I know, I know. It's weird. I don't really know how it works, but it was out of ten. So you got no, six out. No, no, I got nine out of six. I got 150% in that quiz. Smashed it. Well done. Smashed it. Uh, guys, uh, we will we will keep bringing quizzes, but I think we need your input as to as to what kind of quizzes to do. And yes, I also, I also think we should. Um, I think that the new thing we, we, there'll be multiple choice from now on um, because I think you will at least have a a chance when you've got absolutely no idea. But get in touch. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if you did get a hundred percent. Dan seemed to think that the, the the six main questions there everyone should know. So let me let us know if you got all of those right. Um, and, and yeah, give us some give us some ideas for future quizzes if this is something you want us to keep doing. Um, but uh, let's join me in thanking the quizmaster Dan Wood for uh, giving bringing us another another cracking quiz today. Um, and we'll be back yeah, with more yeah, of those. Yeah, at thank some point. you. Legend, <sighs> yeah, good one. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. We, well, well, let's then move back to where I was jumping into before. So, one of our penultimate pieces for today. Um, as I, as I mentioned, there are other pods out there. Uh, recently, one of them was interviewing. They, apparently, they get to interview professional players and coaches and stuff. It's crazy. That 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 that, that just. Uh... You know that that actually lessens the pod, in my opinion. You know, getting someone else could, to do to do the work for you. Yeah, exactly. If, if you can get like rugby legends and heroes who can give the information everyone wants to hear, that actually makes a pod worse, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Why would you? Why would anyone want to listen to that anyway? They did it. Yeah, um, exactly. and one of the questions that they asked, if you haven't heard it, uh, was um, who would you pick if you had to pick one player from from one of the other nations? Which which player would you pick? And obviously, it was a loaded question because it was. It was kind of asking the coaches to point out any weaknesses that they might have in their own sides, and of course, most of them, most of them didn't play along. Um, you know, silly answers. I think Eddie chose a footballer. Um, Joe Schmidt said he'd, he'd choose Andy Farrell, uh, and then joked that he already had it. It was a bit weird. Um, so, but I quite liked the premise of the question. So I thought, you know what, we don't have the issue of having to tread carefully. Um, so, Dan, we are going to pick one player from each nation that we have to have in our starting 15. And that may mean that we have to get rid of someone that we don't want to get rid of. So, if you had to pick one player from each of the other five nations in the Six Nations competition, who would they be and who would they replace in the starting 15? That is our next right. segment. So Okay, so... so- you mentioned this to me the other day, so I did write down. So I actually do have my list in front of me. I, I'm not making mine up. In this well, part. let's let's discuss as we go through there because I've got one too. So let's start with Ireland because I personally think this is one an easy one. Who have you gone for? Well, so the options I think here, 
there's obviously yeah. pl- there's obviously plenty. They're the second best team in the world right now. But I think the the key ones here are Connor Murray for Ben Youngs is one option. Yeah. Tad Furlong for Kyle Sinclair, but you'd move Kyle to the bench and have him as a as a finisher. And you could go Jacob Stockdale on the wing, but I don't feel like England need wingers. And I think Stockdale is he's been awesome, but he's still very young. He's still not got a lot of experience. And and you know we've seen plenty of players have incredible seasons, and people just be like, "What?" And then it doesn't necessarily continue. So I think we need to see more from him. My pick is Connor Murray. I think I think having in my opinion, the world's best scrum half, or certainly one of them. You don't, you don't, you don't think Johnny Sexton's an option, like him alive? No, so I, I actually made a note saying I think a lot of people would immediately go for Johnny Sexton um, because he's officially the best player in the world right now. But I actually yeah. think I'd rather have Farrell at 10. Uh, but, yeah, no, so, so this is how I went. I went Connor Murray, then I crossed it out. Then I went Johnny Sexton, then I crossed it out. And I ended up on tag furlong. For Kyle Sinclair. Yeah. It was it was between realistically, it was between for me, I, I was between those two, but I just think Tag Furlong, I think he's such a world class prop. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Having there. And Carl Sinclair, as much as I love the guy, I mean he's brilliant. Um, you know, I mean he can come Finisher. up from a bed and add massive pit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, Wales. Okay, I have gone. Wait, let's go for a I've gone Justin Tipperick. So well, uh, <clears throat> so have I. Um, but my two oh, options wow. here. I did not expect that. Justin Tipperick for Tom Curry. Yeah. Um, but my other option was Jonathan Davies for Henry Slade. Yes, uh, that was a close one. I, I will come back to that. So, so those, those realistically were my two as well. Well, well the, but I, I settled on Tipperick. Let, well, tell you what, we'll 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 go next to Italy because it kind of explains why I went with Tipperick for Wales. So Italy, I think there's okay. no, there's really only two options for me. Obviously, the first, yeah, the, the obvious one is Parise, but I cannot get rid of Billy. No, but and, and I, I can't play either Billy or Parise at six or seven. So uh, you can play Parise at six. He does play for six for his club sometimes. No, don't can't do it. Okay. Have you done that? Is that where you've, where you've gone? I've, I've gone Sergio Parise and I'd put him at six. I've gone Camp- I'd have him at six, Billy at eight. I've gone um, Campagnaro in the centres for Slade, hence Tipperick instead of Justin Davies. Sorry, Jonathan Davies. Um, uh, yeah, but Jonathan Davies, yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> so, so Tipperick, as you have done, but I've gone Campagnaro from Italy. Okay. For him yeah, Slade. he's a good player. He's a good player. I just don't think he's quite... Well, he's not, but, but the, you have to have someone. and this, yeah. I don't think, you can, if you've got a chance to take a Parise, I don't think you pass that chance. But so now your your back row is Parise 6, Billy 8, Tipperick. Tipperick 7. 7. Well, it depends. If Underhill's there, yeah, Tipperick and Underhill would be my two. But you can't because you've got to have Parise. Uh, uh, okay, well, I'll go Parise. Yeah, Parise, Tipperick and uh, Billy, yeah. Okay. I think mean, that's an awesome back row. Scotland. Obvious, I think. Stuart Hogg. Has to be. And, and, yeah. a, and an easy one, because I think it's one of the positions that England are still a little unsure of exactly what they're, what they're doing. Um, and then France, Giardo, Hooker, offers leadership. Uh, so the reason I didn't go for Jonathan Davis for Wales is I went Wesley Fafana or Fafana. <laughs> I went there, him, I had him as my 13. I think mean, Wesley Fafana is absolute class. 
he, he's not necessarily been amazing recently because he's had some injuries and things. But that's who I picked for him. Twenty for Fafana as of thirteen instead of Slade. So, so Slade, Slade's pretty much been ruled out by at least one option from every nation. Uh, only by you. Yeah, and you. Uh, just Wesley Fafana. Just looking at France's options. <laughs> But you're saying about okay, like I don't think he's a better player than Hartley or George, which is why I wouldn't have picked him. Giardo? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So that's why. That's why I love Teddy as well, but I, I just don't think he's well, good and, enough. And and he's a winger, and it's again, it's it's looking at the options and going. Do you want to replace Johnny Main now? Do you want to replace? The other winger, whoever it might be, I kind of think we've got so many options already. If you can, ha- unless, it, unless it, you absolutely have to, um, I feel like the wing is not not the place to go. Guys, get it. Uh, email us, tweet us at England Rugby Pod or, or email us at uh, England Rugby Pod at gmail.com and let us know who your five picks would be from Ireland, Wales, Scotland, France, and Italy. One from each, and who they would replace in an England starting fifteen if you had to. Because uh, I'd be really interested. Because I think I think people will have a lot of. I think there'll be some definitely some crossover. I, I think Scotland is probably a, a given for mo- for most. Well, um, you've got Finn Russell as well potentially. But again, you're looking at ten. Do you want to mess around with your ten? And if you're gonna well, and if you're gonna bring in a, a new a, a, a ten from a different nation, is it not is it not obviously Johnny Sexton? Yeah, true. So yeah, anyway, but... it'll be really interesting to see what you guys think, uh, and we can we can then talk about that either. Um, Either in the in the build up to the game or next week in our in our midweek episode. Um, so yeah, definitely get in touch and let us know your thoughts on that. I'd be very interested to hear them. Um, that that pretty much brings us to the end. I mentioned briefly at the beginning the Pod Squad. Um, unfortunately, my wife came up with a name. We said we needed a name for our for our social media team. Social media squad didn't sound great. She was like, why don't you call it the pod squad? I was like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It's called the pod squad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> really annoying. Uh, so, yeah, the pod squad. The I mentioned it last week. I should have put it out there, and I didn't. But the first poll is going to go live today when we send out this episode. It's going to be on there for a week. We are looking for a loose head prop. Um, it's probably going to be pretty pretty uh, obvious, but um, you know, we're going to put it out there anyway. Get your votes in. Um, and uh, and we will see over the course of the next fifteen weeks. We might decide it's all going far too slowly and speed it up and start putting more more out more often. Uh, maybe we'll put a couple out yeah, a week. Yeah, but, we, but the point no, is, is that over the course of, a, of the next few weeks, and it will give us stuff to talk about once the Six Nations finished. And, you know, before we with, with props. Sorry, mate, just jumping. But with props, because it's obvious. Should we, should we maybe do a poll like both props at once? Well, I can't. The, I can do two polls. Uh, bear, bear in mind you're do, bear in mind you're doing all the work. I, I, th- I think I'll revert to let you uh, let you do it how suits you best. I, I think we'll we'll stick to this plan. I know it seems boring to us because we want to be able to a- analyze the results immediately for an entire team. But you know, it just it, it gives us plenty of time, and it gives time for people to change their minds and things. Like, well, you can't change your mind, but um, you, you can comment. That's going to be the key with this poll. Cast your vote, but comment if you've got anything to say. If there's someone not on there, if if there's someone you're thinking of that's not on the list. Let us know, um, and it will build us up a team, and then hopefully come whatever that will be, sort of February, March, April, May, 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 t- June time. We should have a, a pretty strong side that's been chosen by you guys, um, and we can see how that compares to what we expect 
the England team to look like. Um, it might be rubbish. If it's rubbish, let us know. It's rubbish. We'll stop doing it. But uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, the Pod Squad. Um, check us out on Twitter at England Rugby Pod. Same on Facebook. Um, and if you've got any questions, as I mentioned before, it's England Rugby Pod at gmail dot com. Um, but I think that is a good time to call time on this episode. Um, squad is officially announced tomorrow. Uh, we will obviously bring you our semi-live episodes with some build-up uh, chat where we will talk about the squad that was selected, a half-time, uh, brief half-time chat where we can discuss how things are looking in what is set to be our, t- certainly our, t- I would think our toughest game of the Six Nations, um, possibly certainly one of our most important, and then obviously we can we can analyse how things panned out at the end um, and get that out to you on Sunday night, I believe. The game is I'm super excited for this weekend. I cannot wait. Come on, England. England is Sunday, right? What's that? England game is Sunday. Yeah, it's Sunday at Twickenham. That's Sunday. the one. Sunday at Twickenham. <laughs> yeah. Dan, yeah. stop confusing people. Is it Sunday? At no, Sub- it's Saturday. It is Saturday. Yes. Saturday in Dublin. So well, who's playing Who's playing on Sunday? Uh, I, I can't remember that. But I think there's a Friday night one, isn't there? Oh, is there? Is there? Yeah, I believe so. This weekend? Oh, that's important tonight. I didn't know that. I might have missed that. Six Nations. Let's let's just quickly check and let everybody know. I believe you had you had all this written down. You were going to tell everyone the other week, and then he said. I, I, I did, but, but then you told me to shut up because it's boring. It was then, so, but now it's important. You're right. So Friday, so Friday, Friday's eight, Friday, France on Friday at eight eight p.m. Yeah, so you catch that after work. Saturday is Scotland. Uh, Italy at 2.15 and also Saturday, Ireland, England in Dublin at 4.45. So you've got Scotland, Italy followed by Ireland, England having already found out what happened in France, Wales on Friday night. It's a big weekend for a bit of rugger bugger down it. I can't wait. 